0: It's uh, nice to see you. Thank you for inviting me to share your remembrance service with you and also this Easter Sunday uh, time when we can remember the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read some scriptures with you, first of all, from John chapter 19, if you would. John chapter 19. And we will read from verse number 1. John 19, verse number 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put in him a purple robe and said Hail King of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. Then verse number twenty three. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments, and made four parts to every soldier a part. And also his coat. Now the coat was without seam. Woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves. Let us not rend it. But cast lots for it whose it shall be. That the scripture might be fulfilled. Which saith. They parted my raiment among them. And for my vesture did they cast lots. These things therefore. The soldiers did. Now verse number 28. After this. Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he, vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. And when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they brake not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And forthwith there came out blood and water, and he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that you might believe. For these things were done, that the Scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another Scripture saith, they shall look on him who they pierced. And then another reading, if you would, please, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. Matthew, chapter 27. And verse number, well, let's read from verse number 1. At the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene uh, and uh, the other Mary to see the sepulcher, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like light and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee. There shall they see me. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the watch came unto the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears... We will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. And I'm sure God will add a blessing to the public reading of his word here this afternoon. When one comes to the Gospel of John chapter 19 we need to be very careful because we are treading upon holy ground. You remember that when Moses observed and studied the burning bush in the wilderness so long ago, that as he drew near to look more closely, the Lord called to him, Moses, take thy shoes from off thy feet. For the ground whereon thou standest is holy ground. And I say to you today that the Gospel of John, chapter 19, is holy ground. However, we can draw near, we can look at it, we can study it, and we can get encouragement and blessing from it. Now, as we read, you may or may not have noticed some things. There is a thread that runs through John 19 and also occurred in Matthew chapter 27. And I'd like you to keep your Bible open, if you would, because I want to draw your attention to particular verses as we go down. So, look at verse number 2. And the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Then go further down, please, to... um, Verse number twenty-three, at the middle of verse twenty-three. They made his garments into four parts, to every soldier, a part. At the end of verse number twenty-four, the last sentence. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Again, further down. Verse twenty-nine. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge. Another gospel tells us that they were the soldiers who filled the sponge. Verse number 32, then came the soldiers. Verse number 34, but one of the soldiers. Matthew chapter 27, so the soldiers took the money. Now, you can see that through John chapter 19, there runs a thread which is, the soldiers, the soldiers, the soldiers. Jerusalem and the land surrounding it was under occupation by the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire made sure that the likelihood of trouble springing up would be minimized by having boots on the streets, as it were, of Jerusalem. So that if anything did happen, they could, with great force, put it down. So the soldiers were in occupation. And today, this day, they were out in force because an important crucifixion was to take place. And they were afraid that there might be trouble. The Jews perhaps had warned them that the common people were very much in support of this man who was to be crucified. And so they were out in force to make sure nothing could go wrong And the Jews and their religion and their God could not cause any trouble to the smooth running of the day. However, there is, in chapter 19, another thread that runs through, parallel with the first, which was the soldiers. I want you to look at that now. If you would, look at verse number 24. They said, therefore, among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Further down again, please, verse number 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Verse number 36, For these things were done that the Scripture should be fulfilled. Verse number 37, and again, another Scripture, Seth. So you can see that undoubtedly there was a thread running through John 19, the soldiers, the soldiers, the soldiers. But I draw your attention to this second thread, the Scriptures, the Scriptures, the Scriptures. It looks to me as if the power of the Roman Empire is to be challenged by the power of the Word of God. It is God versus the Emperor, the most powerful man on earth at that time. It is the soldier's and the Scriptures. Well, let's see how the day unfolded. Right at the beginning of the day, we read that the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on the Lord's head, and they put on him a purple robe, and they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. So as far as the Lord Jesus was concerned, this was a day off to a bad start. Pilate had handed, handed the Lord Jesus Christ over to his soldiers while he tried to sort out political and religious problems in connection with him. And here the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and pressed it onto and into his head. They did this cynically, they did this because they were going to call him King of the Jews. And they thought a king deserved a crown. Furthermore, they put on him a purple robe. After all, purple is the color of kings. So they put on him a purple robe. And not only having done that, they then said, Hail, king of the Jews, and smote him with their hands. You might remember the words of that old hymn, Many hands were raised to wound him. None would interpose to save. Soldiers, I suppose, as a military force are to be feared. But there is something that is even worse than soldiers in a fight. And I think it is soldiers at play a very violent thing. One of my boys was at Sandhurst as a cadet many years ago now. He ended up as a brigadier general in the Roman, Ar- in the Roman Army, in the British Army, and uh, so he did quite well for himself. But after the graduation of the cadets there at Sandhurst, where I was a visitor, he said to me, Dad, I think you should go now. I said, but it's not over yet. He said, I think you should go. I said, why? He said, because we're going to have some games. I said, well, I'd quite like to watch the games. He said, I don't want you to. I want you to go. So I went. Because the games would turn into something of great violence. And he didn't want me to see that or his part in it. Soldiers at play are even more frightening than soldiers in war. And so here, the Lord Jesus Christ was abandoned to the soldiers. It sort of proceeded like this, that as he stood there alone and vulnerable, one soldier would come up to him and bow down on his knees, get down on his knees, and bowing his head would say, Hail, King of the Jews, and then stand up and spit in his face. Take the rod from him that he had and smote him on the head and perhaps hit him with his fist. And then another soldier would come up, get down on his knees, say, Hail, King of the Jews, and stand up and spit in his face. Hit him with the rod or with his fist. And laughingly return to his fellows. And one of the Gospel writers puts it like this and they kept on coming up to him, and therefore he was despised and rejected of men. And so plans for the crucifixion proceeded. Are afraid that Pilate got strong a bit late in the day. The Jews wanted the signage changed, and he finally said no. He said, what I have written, I have written. Jesus, King of the Jews. So we move on to the cross, to Calvary, and the soldiers when they had crucified. Thank you. I didn't realize the sermon was quite as dry as that, but um, <laughs> thank you nevertheless. Um, <clears throat> Then the soldiers, when they crucified Jesus, now this wasn't a pleasant task, but they'd done it before with many others, and so they go through the rigmarole again, nailed hands and feet. And when they had completed that job and lifted up the cross, they took his garments. And the drill was that the garments of the crucified one would be divided between the team of four soldiers responsible for the crucifixion. There was a little problem because the Lord Jesus had five pieces of clothing. So they divided four of them amongst themselves. And this last piece, they looked at it and wondered what to do with it. Now they had options. One option was just to tear it into four and everybody could have a part of it. The other option was to raffle it amongst themselves. And so they decided that's what they would do. And our Bible here tells us that the soldier said, Let us not rend this coat, but cast lots for it whose it shall be. And that's what they did. Now, I want you to imagine just for your appreciation of this situation that you are there and that you are employed by the Jerusalem Post as a reporter. And it is your job to report this incident. Now, you watched that and you saw what happened. And you might think, well, that is most strange. I haven't seen that before at any crucifixion. I haven't seen soldiers playing games and holding raffles and throwing dice at the foot of the cross. And you might make your way over to those four soldiers and say, look, men, I saw what happened. What did you do? Why did you do it? And they might say to you, well, this is really an unpleasant task. This is a stressful day. You can see the armies out in force, wondering if there'll be trouble. And we thought, actually, it's quite a nice coat. We thought it would be a good idea, not to destroy it, but just to um, raffle it and see what happened. Bit of fun. That's all. Nothing to it. And it might be that you, knowing that you have to write up a report about this, wonder if what they're telling you is true it looked like that that that's what happened but you had previously noticed a man standing a man standing just a little bit away from the cross far enough not to be involved in it and far enough to be out of trouble and you watch this man and you go up to him and you say excuse me but i'm a reporter from the jerusalem post what's your name And the man would have said to you, my name is John. Did you see what happened, John? Yes, I did. Were you surprised? No. No. No, I was not surprised. Why were you not surprised? And John would say, well, let me share with you this. That in our Old Testament, there is a verse of Scripture which says this. They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture did they cast lots. And you'd say, come again, tell me that again. And John would do that. And you might say, are you honestly telling me that those old scriptures of yours, kept in the synagogue in dusty old rolls, talk about what happened today? John with a smile would say yes. And if you'd like to come with me afterwards, down to the synagogue, I'll get the roll out and I'll show you. They parted my garments among them, and for my vesture did they cast lots. And our verse says, they, the soldiers did that, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them and for my vesture did they cast lots. So there's the first little skirmish. Soldiers. Scriptures. Who won? Furthermore, the Lord Jesus, verse 28, knowing that all things were now accomplished, said, I thirst, and a soldier gave him a drink. Quite a, quite a strange happening, wasn't it? You could discuss that again with John in the same terms as before. But let's move on down to verse number 32. The, Jew, the Romans particularly liked crucifixion as a means of capital punishment because by it they could control the very point of death, at least within a few minutes, <clears throat> when a man hung upon a cross. After time, his body would begin to slump down. And the only way he could breathe would be to try to push himself back up again on the cross. But cunningly, the Romans had worked out that if they wanted the man to stay upon the cross for as long as possible, they just let him do that time and again. But should it be their wish that the man should die very quickly? They just broke his legs. Straightforward as that. The Jews came to Pilate and said to Pilate, look, this is all a bit of a mess, really. We want you to be aware that tomorrow for us is a very special day. It's a high day. And we don't want these bodies to be on the cross still by then. We want them taken down. We want them dead. We want them buried. We want them out of sight. We want to clear up the mess. We would like you to break their legs. Pilate desperately wanted the day to be over too. And so he sent someone with an order to the captain, the commander of the crucifixion team. Break the legs. The commander passed this on to his soldiers and sent two of the soldiers with a specific brief to break the legs of the three who were crucified. And so the soldiers, armed with an axe, moved to the crosses. They went to the first thief, and they looked at him, saw that he was alive, and with a swing of his axe... One of the soldiers smashed his legs to pieces. He'd be dead very quickly. Then they moved on to the second thief. Observed him. Perhaps saw life in his eyes yet. And they raised the axe. And smashed his legs. He would be dead very soon. And then... The Scripture says, and they came to Jesus. I think at this point, all heaven held its breath. I think at this point, all hell held its breath too, because now they're going to kill him. Of course, They tried to kill him for years. When he was a little baby, born in Bethlehem, they tried to kill him there. But by the time the soldiers got there on that occasion, Mary and Joseph had already taken their little boy away into Egypt. You could argue that when the soldiers got there, they got there too late. But just let me suggest to you that, in fact, they got there too early because his time, his hour, had not yet come. You remember that on another occasion, when he was in his hometown of Nazareth, they tried to push him over the edge of a cliff to kill him. But that was too early too, because his hour had not yet come. And then on yet another occasion, they tried to stone him to death with stones, but that failed. In fact, he just walked out among them and left them throwing stones at nothing. Why did that not work? Because it was too early. His hour had not yet come. And seven times in John's gospel, that announcement is made, the hour is not yet come. But now, the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, the hour is come. And yet pointedly, he also said, Father, Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also might glorify thee. So as heaven and earth held their breath, heaven and hell held their breath, the soldier lifted the axe. And about to swing it, his colleague put his arm on his shoulder and said, look, he's dead already. No need to do it he's dead already. You know, I like to think that for thirty-three and a half years, they were too early, and at the last minute, they were too late. Does that not add something to what Jesus said? He said, No man taketh my life from me. I have power to lay it down, And I have power to take it again. And praise God he did just that. Anyway, remember your job, you're supposed to report on these things. And you looked at this in some astonishment because you had heard the order given, break the legs. Now, Roman soldiers were taught to absolutely to obey. The only alternative to obedience from a direct command was death. So you intercept these boys coming back from the cross, and you say, excuse me, men, I was watching you. You did two things that caused me to wonder. Number one, you didn't bother to break the legs of the man in the middle. Why not? Well, they said he was dead already. But listen, men, yours is not to reason why. Yours is just to do or die. You'll be in deep trouble when you tell the commander you didn't break his legs. And they might say, well, we don't know really. You're probably right. It was, we disobeyed orders. In a bit of a panic, you're looking around for John now. Where is he? And you spot him, and you go and say, John? John said, yes, I saw that. Now, John. John. You're not going to tell me, are you, that in your Old Testament scriptures, there's something said about this? John said, well, I would like to tell you definitely that there is something there. What's it say then? It says then, a bone of him shall not be broken. would say, wow, that's awesome, amazing. It does. It says that. We'll go and look at it later then. But the soldiers did something else. They omitted to do something that they were told, and they did something that they were not told. What was that? For some unknown reason, unknown to them, they had taken a spear and thrust it into the side of the Lord Jesus. What was the point? He was dead already. So you ask the boys about that. Say, man, listen, you also, if you like, did even worse because you did something that you were not told to do. Explain that to me. And they might say to you, well, maybe frustration, we don't really know can't say. Back to John. He's the only source of information, really, that's reportable and reliable. So, I, we go back to John, and we say, John, now, John, in your Old Testament Scriptures, it says something about this, doesn't it? And John said, would say, yes, exactly right. What does it say, then? It said, not only a bone of him shall not be broken— But it also says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. You would jot that down. You'd be determined to go to the synagogue and find out if that's true. And your visit to the synagogue later would show you that that's exactly what was said. So, regarding the breaking of the legs, the soldiers were to break them. But the Scripture said something different, and they weren't broken. As far as the soldiers were concerned, they had no idea why they thrust a spear into his side, but the Scripture said that they would, and so they did. These men, hardened men from many a crucifixion, seemed to be controlled that day not by Rome, but by the Scriptures, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled which said. At the beginning of the Gospels, John the Baptist is preaching, and there are people listening to him. And as he preaches, some of the Pharisees come up to him and they say, What shall we do then? And he advised them what it would be good to do. And some of the people came and they asked him what they should do then, And he had some advice to offer them. And, says the scriptures, the soldiers came. They didn't say, they didn't ask. The soldiers came and demanded of him what they should do. And John gave them this word of advice. He said, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any man falsely, and be content with your wages. Strange combination, isn't it? At the cross... They did violence to the Son of God. At the cross, they accused him falsely. But what about the money? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ was taken down from the cross by loving hands, placed in Joseph of Arimathea's new and as yet unoccupied tomb. Stone rolled to the door, seal of Rome put in place, Soldiers left to guard it, and they all departed. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. So the Lord Jesus was arisen. He was alive. He was on the loose. They could do nothing about it. He left a message to his disciples that they should see him in Galilee, And as the disciples ran into the city, they discovered that the soldiers were doing the same. They were going to tell the disciples that he was risen from the dead, but the soldiers were going to tell the Jews that something very strange had happened. That the body was no longer in the tomb. The Jews were appalled what on earth had happened. Nobody knew. And the Jews, fearing that this last state would be worse than the first, said to the soldiers, now listen, men. What we want you to say is that you four in particular, probably four shifts to watch the tomb, 16 men, But you four in particular were there when this happened, right? And what happened was that you four fell asleep. All four of us? You fell asleep. Remember that. You fell asleep. And what happened then? And while you were sleeping, with your eyes tight shut, you saw some men coming. And they rolled the stone away. And they took the body out. And they absconded with it. The soldiers, aware that this didn't sound like something that would stand up before Pilate, maybe indicated that that was not possible. They couldn't tell that story. Said the Jews, look, if this comes to the ears of Pilate, Don't you worry about him. We will deal with him, and you'll be okay. We promise you. And furthermore, we're going to give you some money to make sure that you do it. You might have noticed in the reading, it was described as large money. Now, that's not a large amount of money. It means extra money. They were giving them extra money. Extra money above their wages. Remember John? Do violence to no man, neither accuse any man falsely, and be content with your wages. They might have been content with their wages, but they took the extra money. And says the Scriptures that this story, because that's what it is, this story, this explanation circulates among Jews even to this day. What was it? Four men are asleep on the ground, eyes tight shut. Yet they can see. Yet they can understand. Yet they can hear. Yet they can report as to precisely what happened. It was all a figment of the imagination of the Jewish leaders. So ended three days of tension and stress in Jerusalem. It was over. The battle was fought. The victory was won. And the soldiers, all they could get out of it, was a confession that they'd failed in their duty. Giving an explanation that not even a child would accept, and taking the money and tail between their legs, leaving the scene. Strange, isn't it, that today, this Easter Sunday, 2017, most of the world would take its stand with the soldiers. Today, you and I, who trust the Lord Jesus Christ um, as our Savior, stand unequivocally on the side of the Scriptures. And remember that thread, that in spite of the earlier thread of the soldiers, the soldiers, the soldiers, in spite of that thread, we stand today and we see the other side, the other Scriptures, the other side of the story, the other thread, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. And we joy and rejoice that they were as they always have been and as they always will be. There's a hymn the opening words of which are these, God is still on the throne. Our Father, we come to Thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee for this compelling Easter story. He is risen from the dead, as He said. And our Father, we thank Thee that not only that, but now He is exalted in the highest place in heaven, far above all. We bless thee that he is in control of this world that he made, and we thank thee, our Father, that he is a guardian for all those that put their trust in him. Should there be any here today who have not yet done that, we do pray that they will remember that when Jesus died upon the cross, that he died for their sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and raised again, The third day according to the scriptures. So we just commit and commend thy word to thee. We pray that its power might still be seen and that the ancient, the touch of our Lord Jesus Christ might still retain its ancient power as he would touch the hearts of believers and unbelievers alike. We give thee thanks in his precious name. Amen.